gentlemen, we'll begin our final descent. As we prepare for landing, please make sure your seatbelt is fastened and your seat back and tray tables are stowed. Also this time, please put away all carry-in items, including laptop and devices of similar size for landing. landing. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, prepare to enter Culturama with Diva. Hello, Culturama listeners, and welcome to this exciting episode of Culturama with Diva, where simplicity is the best thing. This episode is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD in Trinidad and Tobago. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. This episode is called Inspirational Moments, where I interview authors, Christian life coaches, persons with special needs, and so much more. And my guest today is Terry Albanese. Hi, Terry. Hi, Diva. Thank you for having me. I met her through an emailing list and the power of social media just keeps us going and going and going. So, Terry, tell us about yourself. Who are you? Um, well, let's see. I'm an author and I just finished, well, didn't just finish, but this is my first book. And it's uh, based on a true story, Virgil the Hound. What is your background as it relates to your story, the best-selling book, Virtual the Hound? I actually used, uh, when I was a young girl, I, uh, I actually fox hunted, which I would never do now again. I would never do fox hunting again. And uh, we had a hound that was named Virgil and at the hunt club, not me, it belonged to the hunt, he belonged to the hunt club. And mm-hmm. so we were on a hunt one day and I had never seen a fox alive. I've only seen the fox when it was, you know, captured and, and killed by the hounds. So uh, when I went and Virgil never wanted to hunt uh, foxes. So he went the other way, the pack went one way and he went the other way. And um, I followed him. I was sent to sent him, sent from uh, the huntsman to go get him and bring him back. And when I did find him, I couldn't believe it, but there was a, a fox there. He actually found a fox. So um, he was barking and yelling and yapping, and I was ready to, um, you know, um, blow my little uh, hat, my little uh, horn to alert the pack that they should come back because we had the fox right here. But Virgil was barking and wagging his tail, and you know how do- dogs will whimper sometimes. He was like begging me not to do that. And that's when I saw the fox and I realized, you know, why in the world would I want to kill anything like that? A wild animal that just wanted to live her life. So that's how, that's 
basically the story. Wow. So who are the main characters in the story? I see Mr. Fox here. Who else are the characters? And just give us an idea of the setting. Yeah. Virgil is a hero, actually, but the character is uh, the Huntsman, because I don't give the Huntsman a gender or a name. The Huntsman is actually uh, all of humanity. And what happens in uh, the story is the Huntsman actually changes and that's what in, in literature it's called a, a, an art um character arch and virgil stays the same the whole time but the the hunter um has a total epiphany um you know do, because jo virgil showed him the hound and he realizes that this was not right so the the virgil is the hero but the character is humanity, and that's what I, the book really wants to tell everybody, is that you need to uh, respect all life and not not do anything malicious to kill them or make them suffer. So yeah, so it's humanity that's on, on trial there. <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, tell me, why did you decide to write this story as an M? Oh, as a poem, well, I graduated from UCLA and um, Jeffrey Chaucer wrote The Canterbury Tales. I was, uh, one of my classes that I took was all about poetry in the uh, in the 18th century, or excuse me, 17th century. And I he wrote The Canterbury Tales, Chaucer did, and every story was a poem. Every single story was a poem. So I just thought, and I loved it. I just loved reading a story that was a, an epic poem. So that's why I decided to do it. And I thought it would be great for a children's book, but it's also a wonderful book to put on your table, uh, beautiful pictures and your coffee table. And uh, it would be a great uh, starter for people that came into your home. But yeah, it was a uh, poetry to me is magic. So apart from this book, do you read any other books, uh, any poetry, any romance novels? Tell us about your booking reading experience. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do probably write uh, Virgil two, and that'll be my second book, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> Just a reminder, folks. I'm speaking with Terry Albanese, and this program is brought to you by Inner Sanctum Entertainment Ltd. in Trinidad and Tobago. If you need instrumentals, recording, mixing, or mastering, maybe a music video, photo shoot, or graphic designing, need bouncy castles, face painting, popcorn, cotton candy, or characters for the kids, want to do online or offline promotion, maybe both, let's print your t-shirts and everything else. Here at Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited, we got you covered. Reach us on FB and Instagram at Inner Sanctum Entertainment LTD, YouTube at Inner Sanctum Entertainment, and Twitter at iSanctum Studios. Or call us at 1-866-338-4123. That's 1-866-338-4123. So, Terry, do you plan to write any more books, in particular for children, adults? Uh, what are the age group you plan to write for? Uh, well, this I think this would be great for any any age at all. Um, my husband has read it twice, and he cried every time he wrote he read it because it was so touching to him. So I think it's a great book for children because it teaches children that you know. I mean, a lot of times children's books are great for adults because. Um, 
they don't uh they may not remember what they learned as a child or maybe they never learned anything as a child so this is a story about being you know kind to all living things and i think that that message is for everybody children and adults yes yes it really is so based on reading this story do you think it would it could really change a hunter's mind or anybody's mind you know i don't know for sure if it could change their mind i mean you know it's like somebody trying to tell them not to smoke if they smoke and that sort of thing it has to come to them you know somehow uh, and they have to they have to really want to do something so i think if they read it i don't know whether they would um they would say that they would change but i think it would make a little bit of a, a change in their mind because uh all the adults that i know that are that have read it they just fall in love with it and they 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 seem to really uh, resonate that the message of the of the book so i think it's a you know a good book a good children's book is a good adult uh, book as well so terry you it's it's covid time and you know it's affecting everybody's minds and you know it it's allowing them to be depressed what ideas would you give them as in books to read you know or magazines to read to free their minds what do you say well i would say to read um anything that'll take it off take your mind off of what's going on the places of the world is so crazy right now uh but i would wear i would um I would probably advise them to to, to uh, read books like Virgil, an uplifting book. Where can persons find the book, by the way? They can find it on Amazon, Virgil the Hound, and they can buy it there. Okay. So, Terry, tell me, do you think haunting should be outlawed? I do think it should be outlawed. I really do. Um, and in fact the place of its origin is in England and they have outlawed it in England but the but the uh police can't enforce it or they don't enforce it I'm it's it's uh, the heritage of hunt fox hunting is is there and the queen I don't know if she still hunts but she definitely hunted when she was a a young girl so um I I would say that um you know it's just a, it, i should it should be outlawed because it's a terrible thing that they do the hounds are the hounds are such sweet dogs but they they train them to be killers and it's awful they get to the, the fox and they just rip the fox apart so there is another way of doing it though that when nobody you know nobody need to be hurt it's called laying a drag and what that is is you take a burlap sack and you weight it down with something some something to weight it down and you put any kind of scent on it that you want, we want your the hounds to follow so it could be uh, their favorite treats and somebody takes you know gets on their horse and they drag that scent all the way through you know hill and dale and just everywhere out in, on the trails and everything where we hunt or where they hunt and when they find it then they get a treat so they don't have to hunt foxes and they don't have to hunt animals you know they you could put Chanel number no. 5 on there if you if you really wanted to it's what they're trained to do so i i i think that would be a fun way to do it because it it is a it's be, it's a beautiful thing it's like being in a in a oil painting when you're fox hunting so many beautiful paintings have been you know painting of the hunt because it's the morning and the sunrise and 
you know, it's just it's just beautiful, and you're out and you're on this wonderful horse, and everybody's you know happy, and the hounds are happy, and everything. But I do think it should be outlawed. I really do. So Terry, tell me, can a adopted foxhound be rehabilitated? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. How, how so? Tell us. Well, um, they're used to living in kennels, so um, they're not afraid of people or anything, but they do have to acclimate, you know, going with somebody that isn't the huntsman. And uh, they're going to get, it's going to take a, not very long for them to, to forget about the kennels because when they get to live in somebody's house, it's amazing how, you know, how grateful they are because it's, you know, I mean, it's a house, they have a bed. It's not just the kennels are just, you know, concrete and, you know, they may have some wooden areas where they can jump up and, and, and lay on them. But, uh, and their, their, their hounds are very smart and they're very much like um, a Labrador. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they're, they're, he, the Labradors are well, are uh, hunting dogs as well. And they, they will really adapt to being like a regular dog in a house and they're just very loving dogs. Wow. I know dogs are generally intelligent, but uh, are foxhounds dogs intelligent? Very much so. Yes, very much so. They're very uh, capable of learning commands. I mean, you know, when you think about it, they're taught to hunt. So when they find that scent, there they go, you know, so and then the, the hunt master has a horn and uh, they pay attention to that horn. And if he, he uh, uh, blows his horn it means that they're, they're going off the track and they need to come back so it's really pretty technical stuff that they learn so if you if you adopt one it, you're going to find a very smart dog that, that's going to be great for a, a house pet and i know wild animals are generally intelligent too but are foxes intelligent very much so uh all, all wild animals have to be intelligent because they have to make their own living out there <laughs> so they got to find food and do whatever they need to do to survive. And they do. So they're very smart. What do you want readers to take away from this story? You know, why should they buy your book? What excites them about reading the book? Well, right now, things are so crazy. And uh, it's a very, although, um, and of course, uh, they'll have to read the book to find out how it ends. But it's a very uplifting book. And, you know, I mean, it's, um, what can I say? It's, it, it really uh, has been living in my heart until I, I actually wrote the story when I was about 10 years old. And it just, uh, I found the, the, uh, the, the actual original um, story that I wrote when I was about 11, 10 or 11 years old. And when I read it, I thought this really has to be written because, you know, people need to know that there are other lives out there that are important and all animals are important. Everything is important. So I think that that's what they should take away from it is that, you know, um, just to kill something to kill it is is terrible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every life has a has the uh, the right to have their life. And it's a very uplifting story. Looking at your website, um, Animal Instincts, why that name? Why that name, Animal Instincts? Well, because I write about animals. I mean, this is the first one I've published, but their instincts and so on and so forth. And Animal Instincts was just the name I came up with <laughs> with my 
with what my business is going to be called. Because I have I have two screenplays that I've written, and both of them about are about animals too. Oh no, one of them is the other one is. Could you tell us about the other one that you're oh, written? The other one. The other one is uh, about a racehorse. I used to gallop racehorses, but the horses has have the racing has a downside as it too. I have a love hate relationship with it. Mm-hmm. I loved galloping the horses, and uh, the races are wonderful to watch. But it, they sometimes break down, and they break their legs. And when they break their legs, they can't be fixed. Really? So, yeah, their their ha- their legs are too fragile. To it's not like. It, you know, you can't put a cast on it really, if it's really broken. I mean, there are things they can do to help minor injuries, but if they break their leg, that's it. You know, they can't, they can't, uh, there's nothing they can do about it. So the story of Justinus is how he weathered all his um, his injuries and um, there's something called a, a claiming race. And the claiming race is when uh, if you you put your horse in the race and you you put a dollar sign on the horse, and that horse is for sale no matter how he comes out of the race, unless of course you know he he uh, does break a leg and he's he can't you know he can't then they disclude the the uh, person that wanted to buy him, but those claiming races go down and down and down. So when you start at the top and you're running in stakes races, nobody can buy you. But then when you go down into claiming races, that means that you're for sale. So a lot of times people, trainers will think, well, you know, maybe he's for sale because there's something wrong with him or, but he has ran a good race. Maybe I'll take a chance and and, and buy him for anywhere from, I'd say, I think $60,000 is about the highest, maybe $100,000 claiming race. But most of them are like, you know, and then the, the problem is with that is they drop down lower and lower and lower. And when wow. they get down to, yeah, they get down from, let's say, 60,000 and then they go to 40,000 and then somebody else thinks that they'll do a better job and they claim that horse and then they go down further, 20, 10, 8, $6,000 is about the, the lowest rate that we have on the Yes, we on the West Coast and on the East Coast and the big race, the big race uh, tracks. So Justimus goes through all that and he's just about on his last legs in his last race. And that's when uh, uh, the, the jockey that he um, brought to fame finds him because she loses him. She was a jockey and um, they, they came on the track together. And she finds him in the end and she was able to save him. So that's, uh, you know, a lot of horses don't get saved. If they break down or if they get an injury, that's it. You know, they just put them down. So that's kind of the ugly side of racing. You have a upcoming business and podcast. Tell us about those two. Oh, I don't have a podcast yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, I don't have, like, I want to do what you do. <laughs> but <laughs> or- I, I, or can you give us an idea of what it will be about? It'll be about animals. It'll be about, all about animals. And I think I'll talk about, you know, a different animal. Animals are so amazing. And I'll probably, I, I mean, I, I'll go from the gamut. I'll, you know, have a whole gamut. I'll talk about wild animals. I'll talk about wild horses. I'll talk about coyotes. I'll talk about foxes. I'll talk about dogs. Um, all kinds, you know, uh, birds, 
butterflies. I mean, there's so many things when you open the book about each one, like, you know, um, butterflies are amazing. A monarch butterflies fly all the way there. They take the, um, they start in San Capistrano in, in, um, in California, which is Southern California. And they, 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 um, uh, what do they call it? I'm not quite sure, but they f fly in flocks for about, um, I think 500 or 150 miles or something like that, a huge amount of, of distance. And they stop and they lay their eggs. Now they, they do this, um, five times and until they get up to the Canada and that that's where they, they, um, they fly all the way back. The ones that originally, not the ones, they're the ones that they have now uh, were hatched in Canada. They now fly all the way back so that that group makes makes the journey that five uh, sets of monarchs uh, went to someplace to have their, their breeding grounds. And it's just really, it's just really amazing how smart animals are. We don't have any idea how smart they are. But as I said, if they have to make a living, they gotta be smart. Is there any way persons can subscribe to your emailing list? Yes, you can go to my. Uh, let's see. I can. Uh, if you go to the. If you go to the the uh, my uh, website, um, animalinstincts.com, and oh no, I'm sorry, animal IP. It's short for animal instincts. So it's animal. The word animal, and then the letters I and P dot com. And right in there, there's a place where you can sign up for my email list. And you get right into the first page. You want to say hi to anybody out there in the world, Terry? I do want to say hello to every all the animal lovers out there. <laughs> and, all, and hopefully all the people that will reiterate uh, Virgil and hopefully have a better understanding or a better love of, of all living things. That's what I want them to take away from the book. Are there some laws out there that say, hey, you know, don't kill your animal or else? Are there some laws out there like that? Yes, there are. There is cruelty and uh, cruelty um, charges to, uh, against, and a lot more people are getting caught doing that. And they go to jail when they do something terrible to an animal. So um, it's, it's getting much better. I mean, you know, people can't get away with it because it's just terrible to treat any animal uh, badly. And there's just so many people that um, don't get that, but more and more are, I will say that. And yes, there are laws on the books that they can be put in jail. You know, I don't know if, how long they can be put in jail, but they can be put in jail for, I, I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know, maybe up to a year, depending on what the, what the, uh, what the perpetrator did to the animal. So, so it's the animals are becoming more important to everybody. They're they're getting the attention of the public, and people you know are going to have to think twice before they can you know hurt animals. And it's a known fact that child molesters or serial murders or that sort of thing start out on on uh, animals. You know, making animals suffer. So um, we can't take it too lightly because if they're not doing, they usually start there and then they go to people and uh, perpetrate, uh, perpetrate uh, criminal acts on people and become murderers and that kind of thing. I noticed that um, when, when this pandemic started, 
cat owners and dog owners, they when they take their dogs and cats out for walk, they don't really wipe off their paw or put their, you know, treat their paws, you know, with germs, you know, I noticed that. Yeah, that's true. I don't know of anybody that, I don't know, maybe they do, but I nobody has said that. And, you know, now that you mention it, because I see people when I'm out uh, jogging, I see them with their dogs and they wear, some of them have masks on, not the dogs, but the people. But yeah, I mean, that's a good idea. I, I, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, they should probably uh, wipe their paws and, you know, make get a yeah. little, yeah, they should do that. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. There you have it, folks. Terry Albanese, book author of the book Virtual the Hound. Go get your copy today. So, guys, life is a journey. Live good, love God. One love, one heart. Let's get together and feel good. See you next week, Sunday. We are in a Sanctum Entertainment Limited, proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva. We encourage you to listen and join us in a journey of cultures, ideas, and innovations as Diva takes us around the world with her guests. An amazing show with an amazing host. We thank you for accepting the challenge of opening your mind. We are Inner Sanctum Entertainment Limited and we are a proud sponsor of Culturama with Diva.